Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. <laughs> Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like, I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And... <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and Whatever it is. <laughs> the worst titty discs. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another Colony Arific Carebot-tastic episode of Fan Holes Comics, motherfucker! Do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts in this Colony podcast tonight, and I am joined by my fellow colonists, my fellow fan holes, why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Things fall apart, and this is well and truly the end of the rogue. It's Mike. Hey, this is Justin. Hey, guys, this is Tony. And the thing about me is if you push me too far, I might just push back. Simon Furman. Writer of the original Transformers comic series and creator of Marvel's Death's Head has teamed up with heavy metal artist Hector Tronic to create an all-new Mega Masterwork based on the toy line designed by Aaron Thomas. Pathfinders, pioneers, breaking new ground in the furthest reaches of the galaxy. They are Astrobots. The clock is ticking for planet Earth, and the race is on to find a new world capable of sustaining human life. News. Sophisticated machine lifers called Astrobots are dispatched to scout far-flung worlds in the hope of crafting a new home. With food and raw materials running out and climate disasters escalating, the evacuation of the entire human population is the only slender hope remaining. On Colony World 1, a catastrophic power struggle forged a new all-astrobot society, and presiding over this nascent civilization is Atlas, an evolved match with a future-proof plan. A plan that does not include humankind. Yeah, alright. So, this is something that has in my mind, been long coming, and I kind of wanted to talk about it, and we, we waited until the first miniseries was finished, and I, I kind of got Justin semi-hooked on it, and then I, I figured I'd get Mike and Tony involved as well. We're going to be discussing a comic book from publisher Massive, aka Whatnot Publishing, and it is titled Astrobots, and we're going to be discussing issues one through five of the first miniseries. The technical on-sale dates for Astrobots one through five. Uh, the first issue came out May 3rd of 2023. Second issue came out June 7th of 2023. June 12th, 
August 16th and September 13th of 2023. I just put in a little addendum. I myself, like how I sort of got clued into the whole thing was I went down to TFCon in March of 2023. I just flew down for the Saturday and they were handing out these advanced free copies of issue number one. And, you know, sometimes you get handed free shit and it's garbage and, you know, you just kind of, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, super important or whatever, but I, I kind of looked at it. I went, ah, it's a comic and it's got mech on it. Like, okay, yeah, I'll take one. Like, why not? Why not? And, and so I went about my business with the con and everything like that. And then when I was like flying back, you know, that's, that's when I first read it and I, I kind of got hooked on it. And then when me and Justin went down to Heroes Con in June, that was right around, you know, the June 7th date, that was right around when the second issue was released. So I picked up the second issue and he picked up the first issue. The creator of Astrobots, or I guess, I, I guess technically maybe the the conceptual designer is a gentleman named Aaron Thomas, and he's the one who designed, I guess, the toy line. And then they conscripted a fan favorite Transformers writer, Simon Furman, to write the script. And the art chores were given to a gentleman named Hector Trunick, who's famous for his heavy metal work. And so unfortunately for Justin, I've composed a, I am a duty head. Unfortunately for Justin, I, I composed a not so short and not so sweet synopsis. But a, as we were discussing, I, I think it's kind of warranted because I don't, I don't think this is a widely known series. And so if you want to, and again, I guess if you want to read it for yourself, like go buy it, like go buy all five issues like i'm gonna jump the shark and just you know you know say this is a recommend from me so if you if you want to you know read it yourself go out and buy the five issues read it and then come back and listen to this but this synopsis is going to be you know spoilers right so spoiler warning here we go Atlas. Or, or, or derek they could yeah. be your friend for 20 years and get free comics Yes, they, they, they could do that. You could be my friend and I could send you the copies of comics for free. I figured I was supporting the, the comic book. Like, that's how I looked at it. So, so yeah. So here we go. Atlas, the leader of the Astrobots of Atlas City, formerly Colony World One, delivers a speech to his fellow Astrobots. The primary directive of the Astrobots is to serve humankind and serve as the architects of a new and better Earth. The starship, the Persephone, is now on its way, bearing the first contingent of human colonists to come to Atlas City. After his speech concludes, Argus reports to Atlas about a gathering, quote-unquote, of disgruntled Tarans and Saturns that have turned up in Quadrant 1, Sector 6. Atlas orders the malcontents to be, quote-unquote, discouraged as strongly as possible. Violent protesters tossing flares at the skyscraper, the Capitoline, from which Atlas delivered his speech to the public. They are demanding the Westgate files be shared, which contain the complete, unvarnished history of Atlas City. Astrobots, Geomech, and Chernos discuss how the contents of the Westgate files talk of an attempt to blow up one of the triumphal arcs during the uprisings, which resulted in Argus and his enforcers destroying the perpetrators of the failed attempt. Currently, the Argus enforcers are dispersing the protesters violently with some kind of vibro nightsticks and telling the passerby citizens to move along. Atlas tells Argus that all he has done to squash divergent agendas or viewpoints was for the good of the colony, for the colonists and astrobots alike. 
short-term pain for long-term gain. Named after the Greek titan Atlas, he understands the burden is his to bear. Atlas takes an elevator downstairs to the roost to get a spontaneous sit-rep from the science bot E10. While Batch 33 is moving along according to schedule, Atlas tells E10 the arrival of the Persephone has brought them to a cross point. Atlas sees the crew of Astrobots on the Persephone, the Scorpios, and particularly the nurturing Venusians as an asset as they will be able to use them for their plans. Argus then interrupts Atlas on the comms to report that the initial protest was merely a diversion. Substation K-17 was bombed and its entire arsenal stolen. News of a now-armed rebel army is clearly perturbed and asks why anyone would not want to live in this perfect world he has created. Outside the city walls, in the howling sandstorm, Apollo Unit 08, a battle-torn astrobot complete with Clint Eastwood poncho cloak, arrives at the gates of Atlas City. When Apollo asks to speak to the man in charge, the Argus enforcers don't listen to his warning about the dead zone and instead try to beat him down. Some of the rebel astrobots, Vulcan and Chernos, wait to see how these events play out. Meanwhile, the events at the gate have managed to even find their way to the Astrobot Senate via hollow video. Apollo, though attacked off guard, fights back against his persecutors, turning their own Vibra batons against them. Argus is pissed that his goon squad can't handle Apollo. Atlas storms into the room demanding to know why he had to hear about these events from the Senate and not his right-hand man. Atlas tells the Argus enforcers to stand down and invites Apollo to talk. Chernos is optimistic that Apollo may be the ally the rebel forces need, while Vulcan remarks that they have their own problems to worry about with the colonists' arrival within less than a day. On the Persephone, the ship captain, Xenephanes, questions why the Venusian nurture bot, Athenia, is not celebrating with the rest of the crew. She has a feeling that when something looks too good to be true, it likely is. Athenian, the Venusian nurture bot, reviews not only her purpose of assisting the colonists who come out of hypersleep, but to investigate Colony World 1's model metropolis Atlas City. The Persephone's ship captain, Zephanes, invites Athenia to join the ambassadorial party to meet the bot in charge, Atlas. Athenia, while having a mothering directive, also trains for potential battle if the need should arise before landing on the planet. Underneath Atlas City, the rebel forces, Articus and Vulcan, discuss if Apollo can be recruited to their cause. Meanwhile, Apollo arrives in the office of Atlas and reports of an astrobot city that was in the dead zone, and realizes Atlas already knows what he is telling him. When Atlas asks for Apollo's discretion in the matters of the dead zone, and when he declines to join Atlas, Atlas appears to let him leave the building. However, Atlas tells Argus to follow and dispose of the Apollo unit that did not self-destruct. Later, Atlas greets the Astrobot landing party from the Persephone. Athenia calls out Atlas for naming the city after himself, and Atlas is instantly into her like Darkseid on a Wonder Woman. Elsewhere, Chernos attempts to introduce himself and his comrades to Apollo when Argus and his enforcers attack. Apollo starts wrecking shop on the enforcers and even knocks down Argus himself. As Apollo and the rebels escape, Vulcan invites Apollo to join them and he accepts. Back at the tour with the landing party from the Persephone, they can see the smoke in the distance from the explosions of the battle. While Atlas tells everyone to remain calm, Athenia tells Atlas that they need to talk. 
Isolated within the roost, senior geneticist E-10 works within discreetly to hinder Atlas's goals. While the Astrobot landing party, including the captain, are locked in a waiting room by Argus and the fembot Senator Stratica, Atlas takes the new object of his infatuation, Athenia, down to the roost to show off to his potential new girlfriend. On the elevator ride down, Atlas reveals he was the last bot to hold the line for Colony World 1. That Atlas City was built on the deaths of hundreds of Astrobots that the human colonists they serve are fundamentally flawed creatures. If they serve a flawed humanity, they will ultimately go extinct. Atlas then welcomes Athenia to the roost, where Atlas intends to circumvent their hardcore programming to support humanity by creating his own humans, without greed and ambition, that will inherit the fruits of their labor. Meanwhile, the rebel forces, specifically Articus, convinces Apollo that Atlas is gearing up for genocide against the human colonists. Articus was originally part of the city's Leadership Council along with Emissary 10 and Trident. Although they tried to work together with Atlas when he returned from the Dead Zone, their disagreements turned into open conflict. Articus and Emissary 10 bent the knee to Atlas, but Trident did not and was destroyed for it. Articus had hoped to work together with humanity not as servants, but as equals. Athenia tells Atlas she will resist his plan, but Atlas does need her to nurture his own version of humanity. The emotional trauma humans have upon emerging from hypersleep is akin to the trauma the human clones will encounter when they emerge from their stasis. Argus will send out the deep screen carrier wave to carry out the plan once the Persephone lowers its shields. Atlas also orders Argus to wipe out Apollo and the rebel forces. The rebels had planned to use the armory they stole from substation K-17 to launch a preemptive strike against Atlas, but now Argus and his enforcers are on top of their headquarters. Apollo fights back, destroying the enforcers. This forces Argus to bring in the Ninjax Astrobots. Back at the roost, Athena's choice is to either join Atlas or he will deconstruct her to build his own Venus line of Astrobots. E10 complied with Atlas long ago for the sake of stopping any reprisal against Articus and the others who bent the knee. As Atlas leaves the roost with Athena, he secretly palms a disc within Athena's hand. Athena is returned to her isolated comrades and tells them Atlas has explained everything. Apollo and Vulcan fly to the Capitoline to render Atlas's kill switch inert. Nerd. E10 explains to Athenia that he's done all he can to delay the nanovirus delivery, and it is time for her to warn the colonists. As the Argus enforcers battle the citizens, taking its toll on the primary Argus, Atlas notices that Athenia has gone missing. Athenia is busy fighting Argus enforcers, while Apollo crashes the party at the Capitoline to fight Atlas before he finishes strangling E10. Apollo gets E10 out of harm's way, and Vulcan speeds off with E10 in tow. Athenia fights her way back to her shuttle and takes off. Atlas blasts Apollo unconscious and makes a public announcement to the city that the insurrectionists will be sent to a tribunal for sentencing. Before Athenia can warn the Persephone, Argus and the science bots have managed to lower their shields. Luckily, E10's tampering made the first wave ineffective, and Athenia can warn the Persephone to evacuate the colonists. Argus orders the science bots to correct the wave and retransmit ASAP. Atlas meets Apollo in his cell and explains that his ship was far more advanced than the Persephone and took a fraction of the time to reach the colony world. Thus, there was a colony of astrobots and humans in the former dead zone where they initially built paradise. However, a contingent of humans, calling themselves the Children of Eve, placed an AI phage within their veins, which expunged all the Astrobots save for a handful. The Astrobots that remained fought back and atomized the paradise with nuclear
nuclear weapons creating the dead zone. Then later, Apollo's ship arrived. Now in the present, Atlas prepares to exile all dissidents in the final sentencing of his tribunal. Athenia orders all the Arcs to launch and evacuates the colonists' planet side, away from Atlas City. Atlas crushes Articus's head in, and Argus and the science bots manage to restore the kill sequence. All of Athenia's colonists begin to fall over dead. The tribunal is held, and Apollo and the rebel astrobots are to be exiled from Atlas City. The Argus Enforcers has captured Lorel, a bot that looks very similar to Athenia, but is not actually her, but report to Argus that 20,000 colonists have managed to survive because of e 10 sabotage. Apollo and Shernos stage a breakout from their prison transport, and cavalry arrives to help with Vulcan and Praxis at the lead. Athenia takes her shuttle down to Atlas City and attempts to assassinate Atlas. Argus blocks the kill shots before they reach Atlas. Out in the desert, Apollo, Athenia, and the other rebels finally all meet together. Eten blames himself for the death of Articus. Vulcan and his men will continue the fight from Atlas City as they were not exiled. Athenia and Apollo ride together in a new convoy, looking like they are about to do a robot version of Fury Road. They must reach the colonists before Atlas does. Meanwhile, Atlas surveys the roost, where he has used the captive Lorel to be his own Venusian astrobot, whom he has dubbed Artemis the Hunter. Astrobots will return in 2024. The end. So yeah, so sorry about that, but that is that is Astrobots, not in a nutshell. So I I I, I did really like this first issue when I read it. I think there's a lot of meat on the bones, but I mean, I'm kind of curious, like, I mean, I, I, I kind of gave the quick and dirty version of my intro, you know, I got the free copy and then I was enticed. I kept reading it. I sort of gave away Justin's intro to it, but maybe I'll, I'll start by kicking it over to Justin. Like maybe you can tell your version of that story. Like did, did, did you did, like, did you kind of know about it? Like, did you know about the toys? Like what, what, like how much did you know about it and then why did you decide to was was it all me was it just you heard good things about it like what why did you kind of jump on the bandwagon with me you and i were at a comic book store in Asheville, and i was kind of perusing the racks and i saw astrobots and my first thought was oh this looks like some kind of like generic transformers thing and then i noticed the credit simon Furman, and i was like what? I never even heard of this. And I remember yelling at you. I was like, Derek, I just hold up the issue. I was like, what is this? And then you told me your story that you just related. And I was like, is it good? And you said, yeah, it's pretty good. And then you got issue two. And based on that alone, because, you know, grumpy Derek actually likes something new. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll give this first issue a chance. So one of those nights, I forget if it was that night or the next night, I was in the hotel room. I sat down. I read my copy of issue one. I thought that was really good. And then I read your copy of issue two that you bought. And I was like, again, that was really good. I want more Astrobots. Yeah, so yeah. here we are. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I had no idea this was a thing at all in existence. Uh, I had no idea about the toys or anything until I was sipping through the, the comic. And I was like, oh, they're making toys too like this. Okay, this is pretty neat. So maybe jump over to, to Mike and Tony. Like this this is all brand new for you, right? Until I had sent you the copies of it. Or, or did you... Did, did you sort of have some osmosis to it, too, like before I sent you the copies? Like, did you know about this just through like word of mouth at all? Or or was this all completely fresh and brand new to you? I heard of it. 
like I like I I had seen like an ad for it or something that I, but I, I don't know I guess I just wasn't I wasn't like well like they made you know it wasn't easy to get a hold of so I w- I was kind of like ah that's okay like I don't have to like you know I don't have to pay attention to this but but then you were kind enough to send me some copies of it and yeah like that's I mean uh, and I, I did see like yeah some ads for the toys too and I saw some of the toys on Big Bad and I was like oh those look pretty cool so yeah like I I, I, I kind of feel like uh, I've seen this before where like you know uh, a known creator gets called in to like you know write some almost like third party like you know property or something like and yeah, like I mean, I, I I enjoyed it very much. I read all five issues over the course of this last week. Like it was hard not to read them when you first sent them to me because I was like, oh, some new stuff to read. But then I was like, oh, I better read, save it until you know we actually talk about it. But I, mm, I, mm. I I burned through all five issues like in the last few days, and I I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was like, you know, and like you know, as my intro hinted, I was like, I I was kind of in the back of my head. I was like, I got to see if he uses any like firminisms in this or whatever. So, so right, I was, right. I was looking for some familiar uh, dialogue patterns and stuff. And uh, to his credit, I, I don't feel like he did. A, he, he tried to I think he's consciously not trying to do his usual firminisms now. But there were a couple that like slipped through. But, but no, like I, in general. Yeah, like I'm sure we'll get into it a little more. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. What about you, Tony? Like, is this is this fresh to you? Like, what what when did you was it? Were you like today years old when you learned about Astrobots, or what's your take on it? Well, I mean, there was this guy on our like podcast who kept talking about the damn thing for like months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was aware of it. No, no, I kid, I kid. But as far as actual knowledge, no, uh, not until you like uh, you you were kind of semi cagey about it you're like i'm sending you guys something you know look in your mailboxes and uh you know eventually you revealed you're sending astrobots you're like you know it's, it's astrobot and i was like oh okay cool and much like mike i i pretty much left the package un unopened unblemished until today because i wanted to read it and and like be as fresh as i could for tonight's show have it you know fresh in the old noodle but i was anxious to read it i was just you know i guess the best way to put it is i i wanted to make sure that i had the most clean take on it like, like yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going in here a few hours old I, I got up today before work and uh about five or six hours before work and I, I pretty much tore through the five issues but all that aside yeah it was really enjoyable like uh i i think the one of the things that i i would like to kind of uh, echo is Mike was saying that Furman doesn't really Furman a lot in this, like as far as his usual tropes of, you know, vast predatory birds and surplus, you know, to, you know, whatnot. And I, I, you know, don't know Furman, me and him are not friends. I don't know Simon Furman from Adam, but I have read a lot of his work, you know, from Transformers. And it almost seems like he's kind of energized a little bit to be doing something new because the writing seemed really brisk and it didn't seem like he was like, crap, I got to introduce another toy and I don't even like this toy. So fuck. It it was more like, no, I like these characters and I want to get into them. And like, you know, really, you know, like you said, there's a lot of meat on the bone. There's a lot of world building in these five issues. And I enjoyed that. I I, I like that uh, aspect of it. It is, I wouldn't say hard sci-fi, but I, I would say it's more sci-fi than Transformers. And when, what I mean by that is, is like sci-fi has this kind of feel to it when it's it's 
kind of like aliens or or I'm trying to think of some other science science fiction like 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 Ray Bradbury and like stuff like that where the universe is not exactly all about fighting and all this stuff like that because like in 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 the uh, the world of the Astrobots they're not really there to fight that was not yeah. the original event, you know yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's not evil evil Decepticons versus heroic Autobots. It's like a screwed up Astrobot who just decided that, you know, he's got the, the best possible outcome for the human race. Like in his eyes, he's doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and that's that's a fresh take. You know, that's that's like uh, something new as far as robots and stuff. So taking that in then to uh, effect and also I, I really grew to like the character of Apollo. Because he's not Optimus Prime. I, I like that. I like the fact that we just didn't like put Optimus character into a different body and like, oh, I'm just gonna write him like Optimus Prime. He's kind of like like the the Clint Eastwood thing you were saying with the poncho is very apt. He's kind of the man with no name. He uh, shows up, kicks ass, and he doesn't really want to be a part of it, but he has a good heart and he just eventually, you know, accepts his fate that he is kind of a champion now. He's he's. He's got no choice but to be the hero because he's strong enough and he's got the ability to inspire others. And like, yeah, it's 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 a lot of good stuff in there. So I don't want to uh, babble on. No, no, no. no. I, I, I think you kind of pushed it in the direction I was going to take it in anyway, like talking about some of the characters and designs and toys and things like that. Like for me, like I, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, the man with no names, a good comparison. You know, I, I kind of, you know, in, in terms of, you know the the heavy metal background and 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 you know maybe 2000 AD or something in terms of what you were talking about in terms of science fiction you know he's got some kind of judge dread characteristics you know he doesn't he doesn't take any bullshit you know and that's that's kind of part of his charm i think the character you know it's it's interesting to me and and, and maybe this is by design too because i think i think atlas is my favorite astrobot design cuz he just looks fucking cool but like it, it's interesting to me because when I look at the toy that's available for Apollo, I'm not like super crazy about it and I'm not super crazy about the design per se, but I don't know. It's weird. Like, like the toy seems too clean to me. So I think the toy kind of misses the mark on how he's portrayed, you know, he's coming out of the dead zone and he's this kind of war-torn damaged bot. He's got the the poncho and the whole thing. And I was like, it's too bad they couldn't have a you know, version of the... the well, the, I, I was going to say, you know what? I, I looked into this and that there is a limited edition Apollo ah, figure okay. that's all scuffed up and he comes with a poncho, but he's like, oh, okay. I think he's like, he's out of print or, you know, out oh, okay. of production. So, so it was one of those early on like things. Cause yeah. I've never, I've never seen that. Like if you can send me what that looks like, I'd be yeah, curious. Sure. Cause, cause, like cause, cause I, I, I've only, you know, even in the back of this book, you know, they've got the, you know, they've got little previews of the toys and I was like, uh, well, that doesn't, you know, they didn't have anything like that. So I was like, oh, that's like for me, I think I saw like a prototype of Atlas, but it was, you know, non-colored and stuff like that. And I think if you look up some of the prototypes, there might be like spoilers for like maybe the next miniseries or something like that. And at one point I was kind of considering Athenia because I, I, I do think that that toy looks cool, you know, like the the visual of it and everything. They're kind of they're kind of oh yeah 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 I see it. That does that does look a little better. Like it's more 
it's kind of got that weathering on it and everything. Like, yeah, I think that works works way more for at least how they portrayed him in the comic. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't I don't know. What do you what do you guys? I mean, do, it sounds like Tony, like you kind of took to Apollo quickly, even though he's quote unquote not Optimus Prime. And I guess my take was going to be like Atlas almost is the cool looking like Optimus Prime bot or Jetfire looking bot. Like, but it's like he that's his facade. But like underneath, like he's he's kind of a twisted individual, right? Like, but I, I, I almost wonder if that's the point. Like, it's it's kind of like how they talked about, you know, I, I don't know, this is probably getting too deep into it, but it's kind of like how people viewed like the, the Nixon-Kennedy presidential debate, you know, like where it was like, if people listened to it on the radio, Nixon won, and if they watched it on TV, Kennedy won. And it's like, it's like, if you, if you, if you visually look at Atlas and Apollo, you're like, oh yeah, Atlas, he must be the hero, right? He must be the cool new bot on the scene or whatever. That's like, no, he's the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's it's kind of interesting. Well, yeah, like my, my brain was doing like some mental gymnastics on its own. Uh, I, I don't really know if the creators, like the designers, like had this in mind, but like, you know, like you said, Atlas, like I, I think, you know, with my transformer brain, like die Atlas and he does have that kind of brave series kind of transformer look. He looks like out of all the robots, like in this series, he looks the most like a transformer. And I think that's obviously like an appeal, you know, that's like, Oh well, yeah, he's a cool looking transformer. And then you have Apollo who looks more like you were saying, like, you know, the, the judge dread looking like, you know, ABC robots and stuff with like the kind of skull face and the exposed like hydraulics and machinery and stuff. Um, he also kind of reminded me of uh, Adam from real steel. If y'all remember that movie with Hugh Jackman, because he was a fighter too. He just punched things and that's what Apollo does. And then you have like Athena and she's almost more like a modern like Japanese take on how they do Mecca with like the smooth lines and like the kind of armor look and weird energy effects like floating behind her head and of course dual swords and all that. And then you have the other robots who look like, you know, power loaders from Alien and stuff and I kind of like that. I like that they mismatch all these types, if you will, together. And 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 it, not only are they visual, but like they 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 have certain functions. Like it's not said clearly, but it's very, you know, often hinted at and and shown like visually. Atlas used to be like black and very like you know scary looking, and it's heavily you know said like you know uh, not head uh, said but heavily like insinuated that he was part of a fighter series of robots. Like the Atlas yeah, robots yeah. You know, fight. That's what they do. Not for good or evil, but they they just, they're they're there to be protectors. Then, you know, you like you like said, you have Apollo, who who does look more like a worker robot. It looks like he's a guy who would be moving heavy shit. He would be lifting stuff and everything like that. So there, there's always, there, there's automatically that kind of like cue, like, you know, Apollo is the working class man. And like, you know, Atlas is like the, like, soldier who became a bureaucrat and mm -hmm. he, he's things his own way and like he's going to change things for the better no matter what anybody says and then like one guy we, we i haven't really talked about a lot but there's argus who is the multi-mind he he's a soldier but he's linked to all the other argus soldiers and depending on how much shit he's doing or they're doing his link becomes interrupted or his functions become interrupted and it also plays into like, you know, the Greek mythology, you know, like with Argus and all that stuff. It's it's that there's a lot of stuff. It's really dense, but 
it's not given to you in such a way that you can't handle. It's, it's explained very efficiently and you, you get the idea. You know, I think also, I mean, I, I don't know what Justin or Mike have to say about it, but the, you know, one of the things I liked about it, I, I mentioned it before that there's kind of meat on the bone with this. Like you, you can't just, you know, I, I mean, I imagine Justin would, would back me up. Like I, I imagine it took you some time to read issues one and two in that hotel room. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it's not just something that you can just, burn through quickly. I know even, you know, Mike, you were saying, you know, oh, it took you a little while, right? You sat down and 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 pulled out the comics, but it wasn't, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe you read it in the day or whatever, but it's not like, you know, it's not like a Bendis thing where you, you know, before you're done taking a grump, you've read like the, you know, 30 chapters of Avengers or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like you actually, there, and there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the, the aspect that Tony brought up about science fiction, you know, it's it, it uses a lot of allegory and it's not you know, it, it's not something where I think it has any particular agenda one way or the other. It's just it's just allegory for things that are very modern and uh, I guess ever present right now, you know, like like there's. You know, they talk about short-term pain for long-term gain. I mean, that's something that's that's clearly a a you know buzz phrase or something like that. There's there's protests, there's police brutality, there's cover-ups, there's social media, there's skyscrapers on fire, new world orders. There, there's all kinds of stuff like that that there's allegory for, but it's also engaging, it's compelling, it's well written. You know, so it's it's not just you know. A, a chapter teaser after a chapter teaser, and then nothing happens after you do that for six months. You know, I feel like you know th there there was meat on the bone, and and it progressed the story in a certain direction. You feel like when you got to the end of it, now it's going to be you know a, a a different type of story going into the the next miniseries. Whenever you know, I know that's supposed to come out sometime in 2024. So I I you know I definitely look forward to that. But I I don't know. I'm curious what you guys you know, thought of that in general, like, like, I mean, did, did it, are, are you happy that it, it was not just a quick read? Like, did you, you know, did you enjoy, Yeah, I mean, I know you guys said in general, you enjoyed it, but I mean, maybe, you know, more specifically, like the characters, like, do you have a favorite Astrobot, like Justin or Mike or anybody stand out to you? Anybody you, you kind of see and go, Ooh, maybe I'd want to buy a toy of that or anything like that. Yeah, I, I, I liked Apollo and Atlas. I, I kind of like the dynamic between the two of them. And like, even though like Atlas is trying to like destroy Apollo or silence him, it's like he seems to like have a like feel like a kinship with him almost like where he's like, you know, he's like, I, I, I think you're cool, even though I have to like, you know, silence you or get rid of you, basically. But and I, I thought Atlas kind of reminded me almost of Drift a little bit. Like I, mm. I felt like he had like like his head design, like he kind of looked all like, you know, yeah, like a little bit of like Japanese influence. Like he looked like sort of like a, you know, a, a, a anime-esque like sort of robot, whereas Apollo kind of looked more like a, I don't know, like a mech warrior, or a, like more Western kind of robot, I guess. So like I really liked how their designs like played off each other. And like, uh, I think like, like I, I think I'd go like with you. Like I think Apollo is probably my favorite design. And you know me, like I love a cloak on a robot. So when the poncho was like super cool, like I, I, like, I was already like, you know, when I looked to see 
with the toys where it's like, well, man, if I got that, I'd have to like cut off an old T-shirt or something and give him like his own like poncho or something like, you know, so. But yeah, and uh, all the designs are really good. Like I should say like the art in general is pretty great. Like, you know, it's not. Yeah. And I, I should say, too, that the art like it's so easy, like with Mecca, especially to make the art like muddled and like impossible to follow the story. But I thought the art in the story was very clean and easy to follow, which I really appreciated. And I, I really like the, the Venusians, like the Athenia and stuff. Like I kind of almost like she kind of reminded me almost of like IDWRC. Mm. Like, cause like Furman kind of, you know, when he originally reimagined her, he kind of had her with the twin swords and stuff like, so I, I was kind of, that must be a thing he likes is like, you know, you know, tough chicks with twin swords or something. So yeah, that's, that's what I kind of thought of, but, but yeah, like in, in general, like I really liked the art. I liked the whole design aesthetic and like, it didn't seem like, li- like I said, it didn't seem limited to just like, you know, ripping off like transformer aesthetics. It had a lot right, of different, right. like, you know, robot like genres basically. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't even, you know, they don't transform. I, I felt like, like they're all bots with functions. So I kind of felt like, there was a a really big Blade Runner vibe to it, like where, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the the replicants, you know, there's pleasure bots, there's soldier bots, there's worker bots, you know, and and, and the whole in general, they're all servicing humanity. And and in this story, it's kind of like, oh, like, you know, we've been saying there are soldier bots, you know, there are worker bots, there are, you know, the 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 science bots, you know, like they're they're, you know, and then and then you have, you know, the Venusians, they're kind of like the care bots. And who knows, maybe somebody can abuse that into being a pleasure bot. Like I, you know, I don't know, but you know, there there's like those kind of things, right? Where you're like, oh, this this has that vibe to me in terms of, you know, something that, you know, is also allegorical science fiction, right? Where you're like, oh. Oh, when when Atlas crushes Articus's head, like that kind of reminded me of Roy Batty, you know, going up and and you know, pushing his thumbs into the the eyes of his creator and everything, you know. And then and then you know on on the the converse side, right? I've I've made a lot of comparisons to to Mad Max with with Apollo, right? Like it, it does feels like they're about to go on a road trip and. It's going to be very, you know, Mad Max. The dead zone feels like, you know, Planet of the Apes, you know, the forbidden zone after nuclear war hits it, you know. So it's like they're pulling from all these different sort of sci-fi genres and everything. And it's not just something that's, you know, you know, it's not just a a knockoff of Transformers for sure. I mean, when you you think about it, this actually just popped in my head. It's like Apollo, in a way... I mean, I, I may be stretching here. I'll admit that. But, like, he, you know, he's kind of like Magnus Robot Fighter. He's like Apollo Robot Fighter. Like, he he fights the bad robots who are, like, trying to do something, you know, sneaky and, like, you know, grumpy. But he doesn't hate robots. He is a robot. You know, he, mm-hmm. he he's just, he's got to do what he's got to do. And, like, you know, like, you would have, like, the, uh, he, uh, you know, uh, robot who who's kind of like A1, you know, like the mentor bot and all that stuff. Like, there's, like, a parallel you could draw there, you know, as far as, like, what, what if robots take over, like, the society and stuff like that. And and then that's, that's like, uh, that's actually kind of an interesting little, like, nugget, I guess. Like, robots are kind of in a position of power in this series yeah, but yeah. it was given to them by humans like the, the human said no you go you astrobots go do this you know? well it's weird because the the backstory it's like it it's they, they talk about it i think in some of the write-ups about how it's not 
this story is not necessarily linear like that that it, you know it starts and it feels like a linear story but but you get snippets of the backstory revealed to you you know and you're you're kind of like you know in, in in some ways you know that justifies certain actions right where you're like oh you know certain humans you know uh, you know basically poisoned all the robots and that led to nuclear holocaust on this colony right like and so you and 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 you're thinking about it right it's like well wait why do they all have to leave earth do you know what i mean like what did they do to earth that everybody's got to go out and colonize all these other places right and so you know that that might bring a, a certain sense of justification to what atlas is doing at least from from his point of view right like so you know and and, and that you you wonder about you know it's like i don't know who knows maybe it's like cowboy bebop when they go back to earth and it's just a big shithole you know like i, I don't know i don't know you know what what you know what became of earth in this universe or whatever but you know it seems like something maybe would be uh fodder for future flashbacks or stories or or what have you well even in like as far as epic storytelling like you know generational storytelling like even atlas you know pretty much when he's talking to apollo he pretty much says you know like your kind of robot had to go on sleep ships and 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 you're you're not just old you're really fucking old Mm. And like you know, uh, Atlas was on like slipstream ships that go through like you know wormholes and shit, so like like there there might be hundreds of years that this has taken a place you know taken right right right. I mean that that also is almost like a Planet of the Apes trope, right? Like where you're like, oh, you know, you you, you, you that they could fly so fast, they it's like you know they beat apollo to the colony do you know what i mean like like so it's like that the newfangled models of soldier bots got there first on the better ships but then the old worker class you know less high-tech bots got there later and then you know and now they're embroiled in all this you know trying to figure out what what was covered up you know like what what do you mean like and they're like oh don't pay attention to that dead zone you know like don't don't look over there you know Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. <laughs> the design for Stratica, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if, if Justin will back me up or not. But like when I looked at Stratica, I kind of thought like it was like if, if a, a, a bot girl looked like pizzazz from from gem like it's like mm. she's pizzazz to athenia's gem or something because she's got okay. like the little that yeah, yeah. It, it's like that uh, to me it looks like you know green hair coming out of her back or whatever and you could tell like she's the she's the bad girl bot you know like she's on the bad guy side and all that kind of shit so i was just like oh like that's it, you could tell like there 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 are certain designs that kind of let you know who the white hats and the the black hats are in certain certain situations and stuff like that. And then I guess I, I know you were talking about Mike, the, the whole things fall apart. And I was like, you, you know, you know what I think holds up about that better than if it was in a transformers book, it's the same thing. It's like Frieza shouldn't know about space baseball, right? Like, like transformers shouldn't be quoting William Butler Yeats, right? Poems. But these, these astrobots were made by humans. So it's perfectly fine for Articus to say things fall apart the center cannot hold because he was created by a human so he's going to have human you know poetry and 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 knowledge and wisdom in his in his design right so to me i was like oh well it's not it's not like one of these things where you're like oh yeah space baseball you know or whatever you know 
I, I, I do like the fact that, and there's little ticks like that too, because I, I was thinking like the uh, the Argus Astrobot, he, he has a fucking accent. He's like, I got over here now. You don't want to go wreck on the side, you know? <laughs> it's, it's almost it's almost like like he kind of reminded me a little bit of like like he's like a dreadnought bot or something, you know? Like he's his his enforcer, you know? Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's the paid muscle. Yeah, it's like he he does what he wants. Uh, as far as designs that are just kind of random, that Hyperion Senator, he didn't do a lot. They he didn't show him a lot, but I looked at the toy that they're going to release of them. And he's pretty fucking badass. I'm kind of curious about like, you know, it's kind of like the, the Simpsons thing is like, see the little guy over there in the white suit. He hasn't done anything. I don't want to go inside. Cause he's going to do something. You know, it's going to be cool. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 but that, that's cool. Through, he's going to be thrown through a window and he's going to get up and be like, forgiveness, please. And then run back out. <laughs> And that 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 is that is a good thing though, because like uh, the whole Senate, like okay, yeah, Stratica is is obviously a bad girl. She's she's not you know uh, one of the benevolent bots. But I I, all, I actually was kind of wondering when I was looking at that little, little assembled dias, are all these guys actually in on it? Are they all cool with this, or are we going to get some kind of interplay later on where maybe one or two of them is not really on you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be like some one of them could be like the E10 of that inner council, right? Like somebody who was trying to to undo it from the inside, you know? Yeah, I was. Yeah, it's just. It, it, but that's that's cool. That's like something that like a lot of stories are missing. Like you, uh, you don't care about the 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 you know periphery characters. You know, it's just like, oh, he looks cool. He's over there. But like, it actually made me like think. You know, like, okay, what are these guys about? What what are what are they doing? Like, what's going on here? You know, or like that uh, Xenophanes or Z I can't say Xenophanes. Yeah, like that. That was I, I driving me crazy. Yeah. yeah, he's a robot with a hat to me. Well, yeah, he's like he's like uh, what, like Captain Steuben on the Love Boat bot or some <laughs> shit, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> like he's just there to make sure everything gets there. But I, I'm curious if he's going to play a bigger role or if he's just you know, like you said, kind of Captain Steuben, you know, just like oh, welcome aboard, now get the fuck off, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the other thing, like I, I guess, because they they reimagined her as like the hunter bot or whatever. But like there was that moment where I was like, oh. I guess it's convenient that that Lyrell looks just like Athenia and then like she can like slip out and then people mistake her for Athenia, I guess, or whatever. But then later it's like she looks like a completely different character. But I guess it works with it's like Atlas is just like, ah, I, I, I didn't get Wonder Woman, but it's cool. I'll just I'll use Big Barda instead, you know, like as my as my uh, uh, nurture bot or whatever it is. So. <laughs> I, I did want to bring up something to uh, everybody, uh, and this is one take. I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. One thing, and this does tie into Transformers, but it, it, it is about Astrobots too. Like one thing that we've heard a lot in Transformers is you got to have humans. We don't have humans. Like we don't like, you know, have any like, you know, feelings for the Transformers, you know, got to have humans, got to have humans. And, and IDW did a pretty good job of, you know, showing that's not true. And there's been other media that's done that beast wars and all that stuff. And, you know, it's been proven that, like, you know, you don't need humans all the time. And there's humans in this, and I and I get that. But this whole series, these five issues, humans don't really do shit. You know, they're they're basically babies. You know, they're trying to learn how to walk. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or part of part of the sort of the, the backstory that we don't know too much about. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it just proved that if you have compelling characters, you can write about anything. You can have robots be the main characters. Well, I mean, that's why that science fiction stuff works, right? I mean, allegory, I mean, you know, you can tell a story. It's like, I don't know, I always think that's stupid that people are like, oh, you can't relate to Transformers. It's like, uh, can you not relate to, uh, you know, I don't know, like Garfield or what? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's, it's just, as long as they have you know, human characteristics, right? Like that, that's all that really matters, you know, like as long as you can, you know, kind of either relate or chuckle or, or understand like their motivations and why they do what they do. Like, I I think that's all that really matters. I, I agree with that. I've never yeah, subscribed to you must have humans in a Transformers story. So I think that just shows a, a lack of, uh, you know, imagination on the writer's part or something. So I guess the only other major note I have was, you know, I mean, I, I, I do really like the Hector Tronic art. I agree with Mike and everything. I I know that some of the covers are traditional and painted in watercolor. I think most of the interiors are done digitally, so I don't think there's any physical like art pages to be owned from that or anything like that. And then like, there's lots of cool artists that do a bunch of variant covers. Cause this is, I guess, uh, fortunately or unfortunately the age of the variant cover. And I think my favorite one, like Mike's got it as his avatar and I've, I've kind of got a portion of it as my avatar or whatever, but uh, a gentleman named Humam Quatab did the variant cover. That's an homage to Marvel Transformers issue. Number one, the Sienkiewicz cover. And like that stood out to me right immediately. Then I thought it looked kind of really cool. So, but but yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, I I don't know that I have too much more to say other than I I did really really enjoy this and I enjoyed it enough that I you know I wanted to pass it on to you guys so that we could talk about it and everything. I mean, I I don't know if this uh, burned any fires under you guys. Like if 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 you're looking forward to the next mini series, if you if you if you you know have if the toys are now on your radar or not. But you know, I just you know I figured I'd just you know bring it to your attention and for the most part, you know, it was just it was kind of some comic media that that i i really enjoyed and felt like it was well worth supporting yeah i'm glad i'm glad you brought it to my attention I mean, it's it's something that might have gone under my rate well it didn't go under my radar but it's something i might have just let slip by if you didn't say no we should check this out so yeah you know yeah. thank you and thank you again for sending me them yeah, so. yeah no problem yeah thank you sugar daddy no um <laughs> <laughs> um but uh oh i, I guess the only other thing I could add is like the the five issues, the way that they're they're paced and like how the story is told, even though it is technically a cliffhanger and there is more story to be told, I could easily see these five issues being adapted for like a movie, for like a series. You know, that that it would I think it would totally work. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, I, I don't know if that's anything that that is possible or on the horizon or anything like that. But I, I, I think that would be fun to see this you know, either animated or, or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Like Tony said, I think, you know, it, it, the, the writing, like there was like a spring in like firm and step, like in the writing of this, I think like he was just happy to do something that, you know, it, like was more original, I guess, like, even though it's technically, you know, a ripoff of like Transformers, he wasn't, well, like, I think, he wasn't yeah. constrained. Like, I, 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 I go ahead, Justin. That's always like a minefield kind of thing. It's like 
whenever a creator you like wants to do his own thing, but that own thing is very similar to what he was on, like, you know, Wildcats is just Jim Lee riffing on X-Men pretty much. So you're like, okay, I get it. It's, you know, it's how he made his bones, right? So you see Simon Furman doing another robot mecha type thing, and you're just like, okay, I get it. Uh, I like the guy. I'll give it a chance. But like Mike said, there's not a lot of his own, you know, Furmanisms. You know, it's like whether he's doing that because fans, uh, you know, because we like to hear the vast predatory bird or, he, you know, either he's doing it because we like it or he thinks we like it. It's like, like Mike said, there's not a whole lot of uh, him leaning on any of his old crutches or anything that, that I could see in this. So that was that was really nice and refreshing. And as far as like the next miniseries, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because I'm kind of, you know, I sat down today and I was like, OK, so where is this going to go in the next little miniseries? Like, what all can they do? So I started to like kind of run through some different things in my mind. And I was like, OK, but, you know, I, I imagine it won't go there in it'll be a surprise and that's what i'm you know hoping for i'm hoping for more surprises from simon Furman because i really did enjoy this and i i hope they i hope they keep the uh artist from this first mini series because you know like you guys said the art is really great i i think mike said it's really clean it you know whenever you're doing some kind of like thing like this like you said it, it can be really easy to have the art be very murky and dirty just so you don't have to do a bunch of like detailed panel lines and all this other stuff because like i think what makes that atlas design pop is that one it's probably the most transformers looking thing i think that's why a lot of us you know kind of like attached ourselves to him but like he's got a lot of detail going on like a lot of those guys you know whether it's argus or whoever it's like they're nice designs but they're very simple or simplified and that maybe that's you know because of their usefulness or their role in that universe but like you know that the art man i i just really dug that art it was so nice and clean so i hope they keep the same artist for the next mini series or, or you know whatever the next project is going to be this year yeah he i mean uh, i know he worked on this heavy metal thing called ram god and then it looks like he's done like some covers here and there for other stuff. Like, do, are you familiar with that thing, plot holes? Like, no, but that did seem interesting. Yeah. So, like, like I, I saw he did like a variant cover where it looked like he was drawing like a Gundam thing, right? For that. And then, and then I was telling, I think, I don't know if it was you or Mike, but he, he did like one of the millions of variant covers for uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's Transformers number one as well. Right. So he did like an Optimus Prime variant cover and I thought it looked really cool. You know, like I, I, I do like his his style and, and the fact that like all of his stuff is, you know, at least the covers from what I can see are all done in watercolor. I mean, they, they look really, really nice. So that I think is cool. There's an artist on Transformers in IDW. Mike will probably know who it is. He'll know, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And like uh, when they were doing kind of like the Dead Universe stuff, they would like some of the books would transition to his art. Like it was like the big crossover books. Oh, and like he had it, Livio Ramondelli. Yeah, yeah, I believe that is him. And he had a painted style, and it was really detailed, and it was really pretty to look at. And in the same breath, I could barely tell who the fuck was in the panel. It was like, I think that's, I think that's Springer, maybe, uh, Hardhead. You know, it's like there, there's a way you could do it. I, I 
you know, I dabble in drawing myself. I am nowhere near an artist. But, like, there's a way to do it where you can convey, like, you know, what you're seeing and, you know, convey it clearly. And this guy, he, he he's really good at it. Like, even the action, like, flowed really good. Like, I could see what Apollo was doing when he was fighting the bad guy robots, you know, when he was beating up the Arguses. It wasn't like I was like, what the fuck is that? It's a bunch of metal banging into other metal. And, you know, it was like, no, that's that's the hero. That's the bad guy. And he... Be through a truck at him, you know. <laughs> so I guess I don't know. Are we? Does anybody have any final thoughts? Anything else? Or are we? Are we good on on uh, Astrobots for tonight? I liked it. It was cool. I liked it too, Justin. Yeah, I want to see more. Yeah, I'm glad I held up the the comic book in the comic book store and was like, "What is this?" Nice. I, I like robots, so I'm good. I'm in. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right. All right. Well, if you guys listening have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We are, of course, on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr. We're on the X. We're on Facebook, Instagram. So you can reach us on all those places. If you need, you can send us angry, angry emails at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. You can also direct download all the backlog episodes of comics motherfucker do you read them and all of our various shows over on the blog spot that's over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com and we can be streamed we're on apple podcasts we're on uh, google play spotify amazon music while all that stuff lasts and also you can just type in fanholes into any you know podcast catcher search and try to get us that way so that's it so until the next time this is going to be derek derek wc signing off it's mike it's the end of the road but it never ends this is justin this is tony and they got ninjas now they got ninjas now
get those ninjas were only like on one or two panels. I was like, uh, that's it. I want more ninjas. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that like, I mean, I, I guess it, it's 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 a cost thing, right? It must. I mean, I, I know it's incredibly expensive to, you know, basically create a mold and, you know, make a run of a toy and all this other stuff. Like, I understand that part of it. But I did kind of think that with, with some of the things they were introducing in this, that there would be more toys coming you know what i mean like the ninja bots and 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 just even even if they were only in it for a few pages you know what i mean like well isn't the idea like you're supposed to think those are cool and go buy like three or four of them to fight your your atlas or something you know what i mean like that's that that was what i was thinking when i saw it yeah they didn't even make okay i was just gonna say atlas is all like somehow apollo returned I was about to say, did, did they didn't even make a, a Argus guy? I'm like, that that that's your troop builder right there. Yeah, right. I, I can only assume more are in the works, but I guess yeah. we'll see. Right. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I went to Big Bad Toy Store like <clears throat> uh, today after I read the books, and I was like looking at them, and I'm like, they they look cool. I mean. I, I do agree with you, Derek. Like the the original, like Apollo is a little too clean. Like, I don't know, and and like I guess he's so clean he looks like a toy. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of. I was like, oh, that's too bad. Like, because I I kind of like them all scuffed up. I I had no idea until Mike put that link in that there was like a limited edition. You know, I mean, at the bare minimum, even if it didn't have the poncho, I kind of like the weathering. That makes it look less less like a toy, I guess, if that makes sense, you know, just having a little more weathering and paint on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, it's, a, it's okay that he's clean, I guess, but just, you know, that's not how he looks. You know, that's not yeah, how he looks. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, unless, unless at some point they, they do clean him up in the story, but I don't, I don't foresee that happening. Is there an Athenia hug pillow? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Dead ass. I mean, I mean that 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 probably takes less tooling, right? Yeah. I mean, she's a comfort <laughs> bot, right? That would yep. comfort. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I need to learn how to walk. <laughs> Is that why you bought the pillow? Yes. <laughs> That's why she's shaped like that. That, I, I think that's like definitely like to the to the design's advantage is like they don't have to worry about them turning into robot like cars and stuff. Yeah, part of the aesthetic. I, like yeah. I was I was looking like you know I don't they haven't even made like an atlas yet have they? No, there, there's an there's toy, there I I saw. Hang on, let me see if I can find it. I saw, um, like previews for atlas and then he has some kind of i mean i guess this is spoilers but he has some kind of like beast beast machines mode or 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 transmetal <laughs> megatron 2 mode or something and like he, he there's this line of dialogue in the comic where he's like oh i you know i forget what he says but he says something like oh uh you know th this may be going in a different direction where i have to you know use additional power or whatever and i was like um you know so yeah um, well, yeah well, i was wondering well, it would be cool if they made his like you know dark 
flashback, like Deadlock version too. Like yeah, looked, yeah. Looked... Yeah, because I'm about to say yeah, because Apollo even says like you know you don't look like any Atlas I ever saw. Yeah. Here I did find one of the prototypes. Um... So it's not it's not colored, but yeah, that looks pretty awesome. And then uh, oh, and then here's the other. Uh, let me just oh man, god damn it! It's annoying. It goes to a Facebook page. Okay, wait, here we go. Uh, here's a here's a better look at Atlas, but then the the spoiler I guess is there's there's Savage Atlas. So like there's there's this version of him too. I don't know if that's like him in the dead zone or him like maybe that was part of his original, you know, wartime. Oh yeah, that does kind of look like attire. the flashback. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. Like, so. But I, I mean, I don't know if you know maybe later in the series he he tries to level up to that again or something. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But it's cool. I get that. But it's probably going to be uh, like a hundred and something bucks, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they seem to have two price points right now. It's like sixty nine for like the, I guess smaller quote unquote ones, and like the other ones are like a hundred and ten on Big Bad. Yeah, 